What's up, Wildside besties and baddies? I'm Bailey. And I'm Chelsea. And we're here to walk you through the wild sides. From homicides to hostides and everything in between. We're so glad you're here. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hey guys, Chelsea here. And we just wanted to again Welcome you to the podcast. We also wanted to do a quick shout out to uh, user Aaron Chels and Sunshine Jewels for giving us the sweetest review on uh, Apple Podcasts. So thank you so much for taking your time to leave us a review. It really, really does help. And I know that that um, sounds very cliche, but it's it really helps keep us motivated. And it also just lets us know that we're moving in the right direction. So when I saw those reviews, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I'm kind of a nihilistic thinker. And so I saw that there was another review and I was like, oh, God, here we go. We're going to have to deal with people being like, you're not funny you know, stop wasting our time. And then I read it and it was the sweetest thing from both of them. And seriously, like my whole day was made just from a positive shout out from you guys. So thank you very much. Yeah, it it definitely helps. Um, it That is kind of that yin and yang side for Bailey and me. I'm always like, ooh, they left us a review. Oh my gosh, what does it say? Like, I never expect it to be anything, you know, less than just fun and cute and positive. And so I'm always really happy on Bailey's behalf because she doesn't always, uh, she, she, I don't know, she doesn't always view things as optimistically as I do. Definitely. But we wanted to hop on and do a a shorter episode, and the reason why it is shorter is because dum, dum, dum. Bum, 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 it is an what do you call it? Evolving case. Does that sound right? Do we say evolving? Yeah, it's um, it's definitely um, newer and yet to be discovered. Yes. I guess. It's still well, in the process yet of to investigation. Be finalized. Yes, yeah. they are still they are still investigating. Uh, so we are going to be reporting on a potential new, not just serial killer, but female serial killer. Ooh. So I know that is a little bit more, just not as common. You know, Um, and I don't know. I'm not really sure on the statistic as to why there are less female serial killers. I've heard anywhere from just, you know, the nature of females are not as, I don't know, drastic, dramatic into killings or they're just not as suspected as much as being serial killers. They're not usually on people's radars. So... I don't know, whatever that may be, um, but unfortunately, the great state of Ohio seems to be providing us a possible serial killer by the name of Rebecca Auburn. So what we know thus far, like I said, it is um, still 
we're still getting new information, but what we know thus far is that the police in Columbus, Ohio, have in custody 33-year-old Rebecca Auburn, suspected of being America's newest female serial killer. The investigation into Auburn began because of a tip received by the Central Ohio Human Trafficking Task Force. Interesting. So I want to just quickly say for those of you who are like, eh, what good is it going to do? It's probably nothing. It's They probably already know whatever that may be. I'm not saying necessarily killings, but a lot of times, like if you know something, it's really good to tell somebody because a lot of these arrests do come from tips that are made. And a lot of them can be, you know, anonymous, mm. anonymous, anonymous. Sorry. I was trying to say unanimous and anonymous at the same time. Can I just do like so, a really quick side note that from a mm-hmm. sociological standpoint, mm-hmm. um, and I think we'll probably maybe cover the case one day, but the case of Kitty Genovese and oh, how she yes. was, <gasps> how she was murdered and there were a ton of people. I think it was in Brooklyn. And dude, it was in Queens. It was in Queens. It was in Queens. And continue. I'm not going to interrupt you that rudely. Continue. Yeah. And and there were a ton of bystanders, and none of them intervened, and she ended up getting killed. And and I'm not going to go into the whole the whole thing, but um, fun fact: it was that murder which prompted the sociological phenomenon of bystander effect. And Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. has really helped create um, responses and other things. So like when I was a Red Cross CPR instructor, one of the things that we talked about was the bystander effect. And that's why you have to point at somebody and say, hey, you in the yellow coat, you you need to Mm -hmm. call 911. And so I bring that up because I think listeners, even in podcasts, we fall into a bystander effect which means that you just assume somebody else is going to handle it and somebody else has got it covered. So you don't really have to say anything. And so I'm saying you in the white shirt driving your minivan, if you know something, Uh. report it. (laughs) Yes. So it's crazy. I'm not going to talk on this super long, but Lucas, my sweet husband just bought me this really cool book called totally terrifying true crime trivia that is in this book and apparently not only did they have multiple bystanders there was a guy who yelled out from his window hey stop hurting that girl or like leave her alone or something so they knew that she was essentially being killed but they just were like eh i don't know so so don't be a bystander don't be a bystander it's okay like Say something, even if you think you're being a jerk, it's okay. We'll forgive you for being a quote-unquote jerk for tipping off the police. So, according to the Attorney General's office, the tip said a woman was engaging in sex work and meeting quote-unquote Johns at hotels in Northeast Columbus. There, she reportedly was drugging them with lethal doses of fentanyl to steal their possessions. Mm. According to an article by Jason Candle, Auburn was initially charged on September 11th, 2023, 
in connection with the January 15th case that resulted in the death of a 30-year-old man. So that was only, what, four months ago? Correct, yeah. I mean, this is, this is pretty brand spanking new. In that case, Auburn was charged with aggravated robbery, felonious assault, murder, corruption of another with drugs, trafficking in drugs, and the illegal manufacture of drugs. Auburn has been in the Franklin County Jail since the new charges were filed at her arrangement on October 30th. 2023 in Columbus, Ohio. Halloween was no fun for Rebecca Auburn this year. Yeah. No fun. Or her victims. Or her victims. No. Nobody was having fun in October. So she was charged in September and then by October is when they had her in the Franklin County Jail. So according to Bethany Bruner, Brunner, with USA Today, Auburn has been charged with four counts of murder, four counts of involuntary manslaughter, five counts of aggravated robbery, five counts of felonious assault, five counts of corrupting another with drugs, one count of tampering with evidence, and four counts of trafficking in drugs. Auburn has waived bond and currently pleads not guilty to 28 charges, including the four murder charges during her arraignment in Franklin County Common Pleas Court. So what I'm, I'm sorry, did you say that there are, there were four victims so far that they've identified? I, I am, but are you wondering why she has been charged with five counts of aggravated robbery yeah well you know what bailey like nothing gets past you i was i was wondering if you were going to be like now hold now hold on you keep saying five but then she's only charged with four counts of murder so did one get away was there an escape you'll find it there was there it looks like there was a bit of an escape artist um and, well, one that they know of. Like, there are a lot. I mean, there could possibly be more victims in this. We're not totally sure. Mm. So, according to investigators, Auburn gave the men fentanyl without their knowledge, resulting in overdose. So, um, I don't know. I know that we've talked about it, but Bailey and I both work um, in the school systems. And I know that I'm seeing a lot of, like, fentanyl awareness posted up around our schools. So I just wanted to do a super quick, um, for those of us who don't know, so fentanyl is a, it is a synthetic opioid and it's actually FDA approved. It's an FDA approved pain management drug, but just like anything, um, it is obviously being illegally produced and illegally trans. Um, transferred, brought over into the United States. Um, a lot of it is right now. They're thinking a lot of it's coming from Mexico. Mm. So it is five, or excuse me, it is 50 times, 50 times stronger than heroin and 100 times stronger than morphine. But here's the kicker with fentanyl. 
is that it is odorless, colorless, tasteless. And really the only way it's detectable is by using the little test strips, the fentanyl test strips. I don't mean to laugh because fentanyl is not a laughable matter, but all I kept thinking was the princess bride whenever he's sitting there and he and with the sicilian with the sicilian and he dies and then prince humperdink comes and he was like oh well i don't remember the name of it but he was like you know scion i'd bet my life on it even though it was odorless and tasteless colorless and colorless. And tasteless, yeah. right. please yes, i digress yes. please continue yes so bethany brunner in a usa today wrote that court records indicate that Auburn admitted to detectives on March 31st, 2023, that she knowingly and willingly put fentanyl in a man's crack pipe. She also reported that she knew he was overdosing when she left the hotel room and took his car and debit card. So, I don't think she's going to be able to plead insanity. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know how that stuff works, but she, like it says, it looks like she knew what she was doing. Uh, so the first attempted overdose of a victim is said to have occurred on December 13th, 2022, but he survived. So Ooh, that's where okay. that um, that aggravated robbery yet or five aggravated robberies she had only four murder charges sorry that would have been potentially if he had died that would have been her first victim that would have been number one okay that would have been wonder number one or at least that we know of right correct and you know it's so hard for me not to wonder if in her mind she's like well that didn't work so i might need to up the dose right. I don't know. I, I mean, it, it does kind of make you wonder. Mm -hmm. So, but however, um, Auburn's other four victims did die from overdoses. And that spanned from, let's see here. There was January 15th, April 1st, April 13th, and June 16th, all in 2023. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's a pretty quick turnaround. And she was you know, taken into custody around September, right? It said March. Um, well, it said that records indicate that she admitted to detectives on March 31st, 2023. Oh, okay. But they didn't make an actual arrest until September. I wonder if it was one of those things that they had, like they were on her trail but there wasn't enough evidence Could have been. at the time. And so she continued until they had enough evidence to actually arrest her and charge her. That's what I, that's kind of what I'm assuming. And then I'm, I imagine that the tip also kind of played a big role in that. Uh, oh yeah. I forgot about that. So the detectives are, they are believing that there are additional victims that still may exist that they could find out about again, not 100% sure. Um, they say that they are focusing their investigation on Auburn's alleged activities between December 2022 and August 2023. So again, that's four known uh, murders and one that got away. So five victims in a span of about six months wow. from 
December to August. Well, I guess the span of eight months, but six, eight, yeah. Yeah, who's counting, right? Still a short period of time. And so we're not entirely sure if the victims were seeking her out for drugs or for sex work, right? So that is actually really interesting. That uh, I'm going to talk about that here in just okay. a second on an article that I found. Now, she is staying kind of in one little location, right? So it's this area of I-71 and State Route 161, Cleveland Avenue and East 17th Avenue. So it's this northeast side of Columbus, Ohio. So she's, she, like I said, she's staying very much in a pretty small radius. Um, although Auburn could be convicted on all charges, um, she and she's going to be facing possible decades in prison. But again, as of right now, she's pleading not guilty. And uh, I'm not sure when the, they are going to move to the trial phase of this. So that's still okay. to come. So what's kind of interesting, though, about this is I feel like it's important to note that Auburn had no significant criminal history until earlier this year when these murders occurred. Little is known about Rebecca Auburn as she has been rather tight-lipped about her family and background. Mm. All we know at this point in the case is that Auburn operated and lived in the northeast side of Columbus, and that's pretty much all we know about this potential femme fatale, uh, is that she, like I said, kind of stayed under the radar, not a ton. I mean, really no significant criminal history. We do know one other thing, though. Um, she did have at least one child currently and apparently also had a daughter, but this daughter died in 2016. Her daughter was only 18 when she passed away. So I don't know. You know, was this slowly evolving? I, I mean, the only thing that my brain goes to is 2016 to 2023 that's seven years i wonder if she started using drugs to cope and then that's what mm -hmm. got her into that underbelly if you will yeah and i hate to say it but when i think of robbery especially in a situation like this that's kind of what i think of is like was she robbing these men to pay for her habit yeah because people who are not involved in drugs in any way shape or form don't typically know how to buy it right i mean you know what i mean i'm, I'm sure you could figure it out if you really wanted to but if you're not involved in that uh lifestyle if you will mm -hmm. then you're not going to really have access to fentanyl you, you have to you have to kind of have your connections to get it so yeah it sounds like she might have been a user just just from looking at it from this angle and then like you said maybe well and that's what's really hard um is like officially there's no like hard reports that indicate auburn's own drug use or personal drug history right like we don't really have anything 
I, and, and I don't know, I hate to ever assume, but it is kind of leaning towards that in my mind. We need you a know, hair follicle test. Like we need well, I know. We, we need, need a hair one. follicle test. Yeah. How long how long does um how long do substances stay in hair follicles typically? Do you know off the top of your head? I uh I you know, to be honest with you, I'm not I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but I I think for some reason it goes anywhere from six months to a year if you do a ha a hair follicle test, um, because mm -hmm. you can see essentially when you used mm -hmm. based off of the growth of your hair. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. But I could be wrong, so, so please don't quote me on that. Yeah, no, I know. And I think it's different for different drugs and yada yada. But again, that's again us just kind of trying to remember some of the things that we know. Um, so the coroner's office ruled the manner of death as an accident by drug overdose, excuse me, by drug overdoses in all four autopsies originally, um, and then just stated that each four men had fentanyl in their systems. So there wasn't a ton of urgency, and I'm going to kind of explain why I'm using the word urgency around some of these deaths. And like I said, all of them were ruled accidental um, an accidental drug overdose until they looked we started getting to it. Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, and it's no surprise because shout out to um, a dear friend of mine, Nancy. She is a substance abuse therapist in Ohio around that area. And drugs in that area are rampant. Ohio, mm -hmm. no offense, you guys go Buckeyes, but y'all are kind of known for some pretty significant drug use and distributions in that state. And fentanyl mm -hmm. is so deadly and we're in the middle of an epidemic with drugs, right? With opioids. Correct. So it, it, it makes sense why that would, that could potentially be easily overlooked. Just being, being fair, playing devil's advocate. Yeah. I know. I know. So We'll talk a little bit about the victims. There's not a ton of information right now on the victims. So the first identified victim um, who died, remember her first victim did get away, but, and I don't, we don't have the name of the first potential victim, um, but the first known victim was Joseph V. Crumpler. He was 30 Aww. and was a resident of the Northeast side of well, he was still in, so young. I know. Yeah, they're in Columbus. So Crumpler passed away on January 15th, 2023. Toxicology screen found alcohol in Crumpler's system, according to Ryan Dickinson at Shore News Network on January 15th. Police responded to an overdose report at the 2900 block of a Zelda Avenue. Crumpler was found in critical condition and later pronounced dead at Riverside Methodist Hospital. Homicide unit detectives interviewed Auburn, who confessed to supplying Crumpler with the lethal narcotics and robbing him while he was incapacitated. Oh, so she knew that he was overdosing and she could have yeah. saved them. I know. Uh, which I know is did you ever 
Did you ever get into Breaking Bad? Did no, you ever watch I never Breaking watched Bad? it. Uh-uh. There's a scene in there that's a lot like that. And it's one of those kind of haunting scenes where I'm just like, oh, man. And you knew, like, you knew he was overdosing and just like, yeah. sorry about you. So um, then our next victim was Robert Snoke, 54, of Patascala, Ohio. Mm. Um, he was Auburn's second victim, and he died April 1st, 2023. Um, he was married and had two children. Toxicology screens also found cocaine in Snoke's system. According to Bruner and Laird's article in the Columbus Dispatch, um, the report from the coroner's office indicated that only Snoke died in a hotel room at a hotel on Clara Street by the fairgrounds. So, um, like I said, Snoke was 54. He had a degree in engineering technology from Columbus State. And according to his obituary, he enjoyed restoring old cars and playing the drums. Oh, can I just say that I really appreciate you giving some background that that you have? I know it's probably not a lot available, but giving some backgrounds about the victim because anytime that there's, you know, potential substances or sex work involved, kind of like what we talked about in the Bayou Strangler case, mm-hmm. the news tends to you know paint them in a certain light. And I mean, we don't we don't know anything about anything yet, right? This guy could have been. I mean, I don't know. And, I always like to give benefit of the doubt, but I appreciate you sharing the positives about well, him. And more of that to come. And that I'm I'm doing this specifically. So I'm I'm always glad when you catch on to the things that I'm doing. So we're gonna move to Auburn's third, um, Auburn's third victim. That was Wayne Atkin, 64 of the Northeast Side. Atkin was declared dead on April 17th, 2023, after he was found dead in his apartment in the 4300 block of Chesford Road. And here's the kicker on that one. He was found on his birthday. Oh, no. No. Yeah. I'm always so sad when people are found themselves when they pass like I know my heart if I ever get reincarnated this is gonna sound really morbid if I ever get reincarnated I just want to be like this force that's there with people who are in their last moments so they don't die by themselves I know I know but it kind of gets a little bit worse oh he was found yeah he was found on April 17th but According to um, Auburn's indictment, Atkin was given the fentanyl on April 13th, but passed away four days later. And they're not quite sure, like, how long he had been dead when they found him. So, but this guy passed away on the, or excuse me, he was, they, he was given the drugs on the 13th and then passed away four days later. Interesting. On the 17th. Mm -hmm. So our last victim is Guy Rinda, 42, of Canal Winchester. 
Um, and he has, he's our fourth and as of today, as of right now, final victim. We don't know any other victims as of right now. He died on June 17th. Again, here's another 17th, but died June 17th, 2023. Toxicology screens also found cocaine and Rinda's system. Rinda died outside the residential area in the 2700 block of Grasmere Avenue on Columbus's northeast side. And I want to make a quick comment about the fact that we are finding other substances in these toxicology reports because that's kind of the number one thing with this fentanyl is a lot of times it from what the reports that I've been reading and not just like specific to this mm -hmm. case but the drug reports in general fentanyl is typically a lacing type of drug mm -hmm. right so they take something like heroin or they take something like morphine and then they lace it with the fentanyl so that's why we're seeing a lot of these um like other dualities. substances yeah right right because it makes it more potent well you you couldn't take fentanyl i mean you could but taking it straight i mean it, it would probably oh, yeah. kill you instantly and i just a little i imagine mm -hmm, and i imagine that it probably has to do with cost effectiveness on you can you know you can get something that's really not as good of a product like you know low grade heroin if you will or not very pure mm -hmm. and then you can lace it with something like a fentanyl and still get a strong effect from it so that makes sense um I, I want to talk a little bit about this David Yost character. So, so David Yost is Ohio's attorney general. And he has, he's kind of been rocking a little bit of boats with some of the statements that he has been making. Um, so it says that David Yost shared that he believes Auburn meets the criteria for a serial killer because the four deaths she is accused of follow a similar pattern, mm. right? And so I think you are the better one to talk on serial killing. It has to follow what? It usually has to follow like an MO, right? Like it can't be just this random in that kind of what they talk about with people who are serial killers they have an mo they i mean you can still be a serial killer even if you don't follow a very specific ritual or mo but mm -hmm. but most serial killers have a very specific ritual or mo yeah but in in the process of like declaring or thinking that something might be a serial killing or a serial killer it usually has to do with the fact that there is yeah. An MO. Yeah. Is that right? A mm -hmm. similar pattern? Okay. That's usually how they identify it is by the similar patterns. Yeah. And so I think that's what uh, Attorney General David Yost, I think that's what he is using that information mm -hmm. to state that he believes that this is in fact a serial killer. Uh, so he goes on to state, for me, if you've got somebody that has a series of killings that are separated in time, they're a serial killer. And so this was a quote that Yost told the Columbus Dispatch. Um, obviously, we've said it time and time again that this isn't this investigation is ongoing. 
and um, they are continuing to look for other activities and other possible victims. But I want to also kind of tell you another thing that Yost was quoted saying is, don't buy sex in Ohio. It ruins lives and could cost you yours. I mean, yeah, the sex work industry isn't necessarily known for safety and good insurance plans or anything like that, right? And that's exactly true, unless it's not. So the reason why I say this, and what I talked about kind of rocking boats, is so one of the daughters of one of the victims, um, Wayne Atkin, right? We talked about Wayne Atkin was her, let me look at this, third, third. Uh, third victim. He was 64. He was the one that was found on his birthday, right? alone in his apartment. Well, when Yost was quoted saying, don't buy sex in Ohio, it ruins lives and could cost you yours, his daughter, uh, Wayne's daughter, Wayne Atkins' daughter, Chris, I, I think it's Kristen. I think it is Kristen Crockett. So she has been talking back and forth and in the news as of late. And she told NBC News Surprisingly, she received tips from somebody on Facebook whom she declined to name, but that that person reportedly told her that her father wasn't interested in buying sex. He just was interested in spending money on someone to make them feel happy, offer them a shower and food, and have someone to talk and quote-unquote chill with. Mm. I would believe it. So, I've had, and I, please, I'm not saying that um, Atkins is a sex addict by any means, um, but I've had many, many clients who are sex addicts that never actually engaged in physical intercourse and they, you know, would pay sex workers in that exact way. It was their way of kind of filling their cup and getting their needs met. So definitely right. possible because I've worked with many, many men who report the same thing well and that's kind of what crockett is saying is that she found it to be very insensitive to be like you know don't don't pay for sex yeah in ohio it ruins your life and could cost you years that's a really hard label for a, a child you know for for them to right. have on their parents right that's a really really tough label to work with Correct. So Crockett goes on to uh, inform the news that her father was a former postal worker. Um, he developed chronic pain. And because of the chronic pain, he did get into drug use. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I feel like we hear that quite often. But then as of lately, you know, she reports that over the last couple of years, she could tell that he was really working on becoming sober and was wanting to get back into his family's mm -hmm. lives. Um, she and her father had been estranged for a couple of years because of his habitual his drug use. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I, I, I don't know. I just, I'm kind of with you. 
in, I think it's fair to talk about, like you said, the other side of, I don't, I don't know. Do you still call it buying sex? Do you still call it sex work? I mean, to me, it's almost companionship, you know? Yeah, it's transactional companionship, right? It doesn't necessarily have to be, again, intercourse or sexual, you know, a a sexual dynamic to it. It can literally be a transactional companionship. Correct. And, you know, it was, I don't know, it, it was really, it was very, very sweet to hear her talk about her father and I mean, I guess just kind of the mending relationship that they were in the process of and um, kind of talking about um, his drug use. Crockett said he just transformed into somebody I didn't know. She said, but the kindness never left the smiles, the jokes. It's just when someone's under the influence, they're just not themselves. So like I said, it was it was just really endearing to kind of hear her talk about her father in a very positive light, um, even though this obviously was tragic and traumatic for that family, for the um, Adkin or in her case, the Crockett family. But like I said, I, I just was really encouraged that she was able to find it in herself to say some positive and endearing yeah. things yeah. about her father in this situation. So, cause most, most people who struggle with addiction, like y'all are going to hear me say it all the time. I love addicts. I love them. I love them. I love them so much. And I work with them every day professionally and 99.9% of them are literally the most sensitive, sweet, kind hearted most kindest people ever but they've just got some demons that they got to deal with right they've got a really gnarly addiction that takes that hijacks their brain and changes their personalities and their behaviors so they really are you can't i mean it's it's definitely easier said than done but you you can't really judge active addiction or sobriety someone sober by active addiction because it's usually a totally different person yeah yeah. So in conclusion, um, in this article that um, I read with NBC News, Crockett said, really, everything good and sweet from me comes from my father. She mm-hmm. said, how do you grow up that way and then keep that your entire life just to have the man who formed you this way die so tragically? Yeah, oh, it was difficult. God. So she did say she was relieved to hear that Auburn, Auburn um, has been apprehended. Uh, so I'm hoping that that does bring some closure to that family. Yeah, I hope so. Ugh, this stuff just makes me so sad. So, well, thank you so much for sharing this whatever evolving update with with this potential female serial killer, man. Yeah, the investigation remains ongoing, and hopefully, I hate to say hopefully, that always sounds so morbid, but I would like for us to update our listeners as we know more information Mm -hmm. about the case, especially if they find out any more victims. But 
I hate to be overly positive and I hate to be this person, but I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about, like you said, like the personal lives of some of these victims um, and also their families because it is, it's tragic. It's hard. It's hard on these families and whether or not you believe that they deserve it or whatever, whatever, they were people. Yeah. They enjoyed playing the drums. They had daughters. They had family. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know. Did they get wound up? Did they get mixed up in something that was just too much for them? Was it a bad decision? I don't, I don't know. But what I do know is they had family. They had daughters. They were brothers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I still think that they deserve to be at peace and not to be their names not drug through the dirt. Yeah. I don't know. That's just no. how I feel about it. Well, hopefully um, this Rebecca woman will be able to be forthcoming with law enforcement. And if there are more victims that she find it, you know, in herself to give full confessions and give as much detailed information as possible. So, like I said, if there are victims, then we can at least identify that and find some closure for the families. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So... All right. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this quick one. Um, I really hope the next time you guys hear from me, I know this is being very vain. I hope I sound better. Just, just. You did fine. For, yes. You're just for me personally. I really hope I sound better because I'm really tired of being sick. So if you are out there listening and you're struggling with being sick, I hear you, friend. And I'm praying for you to get better, man, because it's not fun. I don't like it. I'm tired of yeah. it. Your so, voice gets better each day. So, yeah, it's getting a little better. But if you have not heard it today, you are loved, worthy, and valuable. And we will catch you on the flip side. Bye, guys. Hey, Wildside Tribe, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Wildside Podcast. Make sure to tune in on Wildside Wednesdays. New episodes will drop each Wednesday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We would love to hear from you. So if you have a wild case recommendation, email us at wildsidepodcast at gmail.com. That's wildside with a C. Or share your thoughts in the comments below. As always, if you haven't heard it today, you're loved, you're worthy, and you're valuable. And we'll catch you on the, the flip, flip side. side.